Welcome to All My Box. I'm Joe Green. This Behind the Mic episode is not going to be dealing with my mental health. This one, it's a story about a woman. And if you know me, there's always a story about a woman. But this one, she was special. Special to a lot of people. This is a story of how she was special to me. Now, why am I doing this right now? Well, tomorrow's February 24th. For most people, that doesn't mean shit to anybody. One of my recurring guests on the show, it's her birthday, Nurse Ashley. Happy birthday, Ash. It also happens to be the birthday of my kittens, Spock and Evil Spock. I think that's kind of funny that my kittens were born on February 24th because it's also a day that my friend passed away, Maki. Cat lover, (laughs) anime lover, probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life, died on that day. Died of cancer, ascended to the heavens, walks among the goddesses. Just odd that my cats were born on the day that she died. Now... We've been recording a lot of episodes, and her name has come up a couple times in some podcast episodes. So, obviously, Maki's been on my mind. So, I figure just do the behind the mic, tell the story, get it out. Because I'm the type of person where I got to let it out. That's why I do the behind the mic episodes about my mental health. This one's not really messing with my mental health, but maybe it's messing with my heart. But she was special. Special to a lot of people, not just me. I was blessed to cross her path. So because she was that special, I'm going to tell you a story. When I was in high school, my yearbook prediction said that I would find a new goddess. And the story behind that was I met my first goddess, if you want to call it that, at Fieldston Country School, Bronx, New York. Seventh grade math class with Miss Seif. My man DJ Threat was in that class. We wasn't boys yet. He'll tell you that Sona Mitchell was one of the baddest females in that school. And seventh grade, she sat next to me. She always dropped a pencil. Of course, I'd pick up her pencil because she was, she was beautiful. She was mixed between uh, Japanese and Caucasian. I mean, she was fucking stunning. And as I progressed through high school, now, my high school went from 7 through 12. I also became acquainted with another female. Her name was Mary Jane. <laughs> Spent a lot of time with Mary Jane after my uh, first period class, right after homeroom, me and uh, our prime, another member of Tap Productions, would go out to the area, the smoking area, hang out with Mary Jane, go back to school, and go about the day. Now, I was real tired with Mary Jane. But Mary Jane made me do some silly shit. And one time, I was in the hallway, just doing what I do best, which was nothing. And a couple of uh, females there, 90 BD and Zora Fellerman, they were sitting there laughing at me. Like, who's your goddess, Joey? They used to call me Joey Green back in the days. Who's your goddess? And like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's just like a high school movie. Like, Sona Mitchell walked by and everything got slow motion. You know, I said, I do the, the stare all the way down the hallway as she walks by and look up and Nandi and Zora laughing at me. It's like, that's your goddess. And I was like, shocked. Like, how did they know that I had this thing for Sona Mitchell? So I asked them, how the hell, how the hell you know that? Who told you that? It's like, you did. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, after one of my uh, sessions with Mary Jane in the student faculty lounge, I got real loud and screamed that Sono Mitchell was the goddess of my left nut. <laughs> so everybody knew that Sono Mitchell was my goddess because of my dumb high ass. <laughs> so uh, one of the girls in the yearbook, Lori Cantor, made that my prediction that Joey Green would find a new goddess. Now, if you listen to Behind the Mic 3, I tell the story about my relationship with DJ Threat and got into this fight. And I moved out to Ohio. And shit you not, when I got to Ohio, got a job at Discount Drug Mart in Worcester, Ohio, store number 30. And that's where I met my goddess, Maki Cook. Ironic that she was also 
mix between Caucasian and Japanese. Her mom's was Japanese. Her pops was white, just like Sono. Maki was fucking stunning, man. I think I was 21, 22 years old. Maki was 29. Just this aura of just, just radiant, just dominant, sexual. Like she was, say she was a goddess amongst men. And God, she was so sweet and so bubbly and just everything positive about her. Like Maki was like Mary from that movie. Something about Mary. Every dude wanted to get with Maki. But whoever she chose, that was the special, special dude. So at Discount Drug Mart, Maki worked in the pharmacy. I was just a lowly stock boy. But a couple managers, Bruce Thomas and Chris Shell, they knew I was capable of doing more than just stocking. So they put me behind the courtesy desk, which was also in the pharmacy. So there, I got to work next to Maki. Most exciting thing in the world. I think that's why I took that position. Like, you want to work there? Like, oh, did I get to work next to Maki? I didn't say that out loud. But of course. So now I'm in the pharmacy with Maki. You know, we can chit-chat here and there. Come to find out she's from California, from New York. And like, not just California, like outside of LA, California. So how does an LA girl get to Wayne County, Ohio and meet uh, a dude from the Bronx in Wayne County, Ohio? It's like, that shit doesn't happen. Well, talking to Maki, hanging out with Maki, come to find out that Maki also had a thing for Mary Jane. Now we had something in common. <laughs> so on our breaks, we go uh, take a lunch break, go to Maki's house, hang out with Mary Jane, come back to work, and me and Maki became great friends. As a stock boy, a couple guys I hung out with, we also like to hang out with Mary Jane. And uh, one time, I invited Maki to hang out with us. Because, you know, she liked Mary Jane. We like Mary Jane. And, of course, it's hanging out with fucking Maki, man. So that's uh, the first time I brought Maki to Jeremy's house. <laughs> I remember Jeremy's dad, he was like, yo, I got dibs. Like, yo, man, take a number, pops. <laughs> we all got dibs on Maki. Maki and Jeremy hit it off. Remember Jeremy moved out of his house, moved to the apartment downstairs where Maki was at, and you know, they they started dating. And it was pretty funny because like it was kind of secretive at first. Like we all knew, but you know, they wouldn't say nothing. They didn't want their business out in the street like that. And uh, I remember I was hanging out with another female that worked at Discount Drug Mart, tall, slender, beautiful girl. I ain't gonna put a name out in the streets like that, but she knows what I'm talking about. Cause I was intimidated. Like I wanted to get with her, but thought she liked tall dudes. We went out once. That one time we went out, I remember we was talking about Maki, and she talked about how she was had infatuated by Maki, and I was infatuated by Maki, and we were kind of like throwing that hate on Jeremy, because like, oh, we know they're dating, we know they're dating, but they won't say no shit, you know? But that's when I realized, like, damn, man, fucking men love Maki, and women love Maki, everybody fucking love Maki. <laughs> how could you not, man? Like I said, she was pure, like, beautiful, just a positive energy. But I said, but me and Maki were friends. We were good friends. And eventually, you know, she told me uh, the secret that her and Jeremy were dating. And I had no hate for Jeremy, man. He was my bro. He was dating Maki. And it was all good. I mean, I technically was dating <laughs> my future wife at that time. <laughs> but like my friendship with Maki was, was, was deep. And the girls I dated before I dated my wife, tell them, yo, like, Maki's my best friend. She'll be here before you. She'll be here after you. Like, don't get all mad about my relationship with Maki. I remember Maki turned 30. She was feeling kind of down and out. She was getting older. She looked like she was fucking like 20. (laughs) It's just like, I mean, she had this radiant youth about her. I remember I had a little little special birthday celebration. I think only Karen Poltney was there to discuss what happened. And I ain't telling y'all motherfuckers what happened. (laughs) Nothing like that happened. But... I, I tried to cheer her up. 
So and I think I did cheer up to make her feel young and vibrant, beautiful. But we are, we all we always hung out. And the thing about Maki was that she appreciated me for who I was. I didn't have to change. I could just be me. And she accepted me for who I was. And like you don't understand what that's like to have someone that just appreciates you, that loves you for who you are without you having to be anything else other than yourself. Maki with her Japanese heritage, she was in the anime, the like Hello Kitty. But the one anime that we had in common was Dragon Ball Z. This is the late 90s. Dragon Ball Z just hits America and Cartoon Network, and we're both engaged in it. And we watched Dragon Ball Z. We was all about Dragon Ball Z. To this day, I hate Future Trunks because Maki had a crush on Future Trunks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how am I hating on this fucking anime character because my love Future Trunks. And not Future Trunks from GT that was that old trunk. She liked the dude from the war-torn apocalyptic version that killed Frieza, if you know anything about Dragon Ball Z. But we watched Dragon Ball Z together. We talked Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, go over there, hang out with her and Jeremy, play Mario Party. And it was it. And of course, you know, it was always about Mary Jane. <laughs> Mary Jane was very important in my life and my friendship with Maki. I think that's how they say that's how we became friends. The first time I missed the Super Bowl because I was playing Mario Party with Maki and Jeremy, and like I missed a great Super Bowl. I missed the Rams and the Titans, but I didn't give a fuck because I was hanging out with Maki. That's all that mattered. In March of 2000, I enlisted to join the Navy. My relationship with uh, my future wife wasn't <laughs> wasn't there. She was dating someone else. I was dating nobody. If you listen to the Transformers 50th bonus episode, I think I talk about my my breakup. I was a fucking wreck. <laughs> I was crying over this woman. Like, oh my God. My sister called me fucking pathetic. Um, but so I was I was joining the Navy and I was leaving in May. And this is March. I'll never forget this. Because out of the blue one day I get a knock on the door. And it's Maki. And she's fucking in tears. Like, what's up? What's wrong? She's like, me and Jeremy just broke up. And I was like, yeah, we'll come in, you know. And I was like, looked up at the skies, like, this is it, man. This is it. Like, I'm not dating anybody. She just broke up with Jeremy. This is a sign. This is the sign. Do this. Tell her how you feel. Tell her you want to be with her. You know, make it all better. And in that moment, that's when I realized that I really love this woman. And that was the first time where I like, if you love someone, you got to give them what they want. So she was crying. She was laying down. Just, I was just holding her. She was crying. I was like, what do you want? And she's like, I want Jeremy. I was like, all right. So you get Jeremy. And comforted and consoled her. And, you know, said, that's what you get. I'll make sure you get that. I didn't pull any cheesy moves because I, I cared about her and what she wanted. And that's what she wanted. So I went with it. And I remember <laughs> I was telling uh, my buddy assistant manager chris shell about the next day he's like what the fuck man you had it she was vulnerable you could have got it you could have got your dream girl I like, ah, that's what she wanted so like i said that was the first time that i realized that i was in love with maki because i was willing to give her anything that she wanted and in may i left to go in the navy and i that was it starting that new life act two as i called it maki and jeremy got back together and me and my wife, <laughs> we ended up getting married. But I remember, like, I came home to get married in December 2000. And I hadn't told my family about getting married. There was a lot of silly stuff between, like, my family, my future wife. And so when I got married, I didn't have anybody at my wedding. My family couldn't make it. 
Because I didn't tell them in time. It was December, right before Christmas. Only people that came to my wedding was my mother, because she lived in town. My Uncle Dennis, my cousin Demi, because Demi lived with my Uncle Dennis. The guy that was supposed to be my best man was Chris Shell, but he couldn't be my best man because his girlfriend, Nicole, was pregnant with his daughter, Madison, and they were like at that any day now stage. So he's like, yo, I'll, I'll be up there like by your side, and then I'll have to leave because Nicole, like water will break or some shit like that. And it's ironic because like during the wedding ceremony, like she was having contracts and shit, and they left like right in the middle of the wedding. So other than that, only people that came to my wedding was Maki and Jeremy. On my side. No, my wife had all of her family and friends there. Yeah, she was one of the few guests that I had at my wedding. First set of orders took me to Connecticut. I had 30 days of leave. Stopped by. See Maki and Jeremy. At the time, I think they were broken up, but they were still living together. And that was the last time that uh, me, Maki, and Mary Jane had a session together. Even though I was in the Navy. <laughs> but I had 30 days of leave. So I was like, well, hopefully uh, this will get out of my system before I get to my next command. Then I went to Groton, Connecticut. And then Maki moved back to California. And we were in touch, but didn't think I'd ever see her again. She's on the West Coast. I was on the East Coast. My family was on the East Coast. I was going to get try and station on the East Coast because I didn't want to leave my grandmother. And I figured, like, that was it. I'd never see Maki again. Now, my first deployment, 2005, my ship needed to send someone to school in San Diego. And the guy we wanted to send didn't want to go to school because he just came from San Diego and he just... I don't know, he made a horrible decision. So I was like, San Diego for two months? Fuck yeah, I'll go. Because San Diego is close to LA. So I volunteered to take his spot to go to school in San Diego because Maki was in California. Now she said she lived in Oxnard, which is right outside LA. LA is right outside San Diego. So that's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's an opportunity to see Maki. One of the reasons why I took that school. It uh, extended my time away from my family, but I had to see Maki. I needed that opportunity. I remember we were talking like, oh, well, I'll never see you. And I was like, oh, guess what? Uh, Navy sending me to California for school. And when she was excited about that, got to San Diego. The money was all fucked up. <laughs> Navy always fucks up your money, but it transfer. So like, when are you going to come up? When are you going to come up? When are you going to come up? It's like, ah, Maki, I, I don't have any money. I'm broke. I don't, you know, I don't have a rental car. I don't have nothing. So one day she's like, all right, here's the deal. I just bought you a train ticket. Come see me. Come spend the weekend. She was dating this dude. I forgot this dude's name, but he was <laughs> at the bug club. And I was like, what the fuck is a bug club? I thought he was like a scientist that collected bugs, but his bug club was Volkswagen Beetles. He collected the, the fucking car and he had a, a crew of people that all had Beetles and they drive around town, the Beetles and their bug club. <laughs> but I was going to stay up with them for the weekend, just hang out. So she got me a train ticket. And it's funny because <laughs> I was in California, San Diego, California, I had a Yankee hat on, taking a train up to Oxnard. And the train is late. I'm looking around and all these Red Sox fans like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I going to get jumped by a Red Sox fan on my way to see Maki? Like, can't be happening to me. Come to find out that train goes right to Anaheim, right to the baseball stadium. And of course, the Red Sox are playing the Angels. So now I got all these drunken Red Sox fans and I'm wearing my Yankee hat. Remember this little kid's like, look, mommy, he has a Yankee hat. And the lady's like, oh, it's okay. I bet he's a nice boy. I was like, oh my God. The things I got to get through just to see fucking Maki. <laughs> I remember getting off the train, Oxnard train station. There she was sitting there. She had this gray streak in her hair. She was embarrassed by it. I was like, what the fuck were you embarrassed by? That shit looks remarkable. God. And we chilled at her house. First night with a brother. He was living there, just talked and talked and talked. And then, then went to a boyfriend's house, spent the weekend up there with him, 
hung out with them. Then uh, barbecued, met her mom and her dad. Her dad was a coasty. And she took me back to the train station. And it was an amazing weekend, just seeing her, being with her, just talking, laughing, just reminiscing. Now, while I was there, I remember Maki telling me about this thing called a podcast. And I was like, what the fuck is a podcast? She tried to explain it to me. I had no idea what it was. Computer radio. I don't know. She's like, let's record something. And she pulled out the mic. She had a MacBook or something like that. And we did like a two minute recording. I don't, I can't tell you what we fucking talked about, but we did this, this podcast <laughs> and it never got published or nothing like that. But she was the first person that, that mentioned the podcast. I didn't think about that until later on doing Hero Talk and realized like, oh shit, that's what I fucking did with Maki was that podcast. In my podcasting career, the first person I ever did a podcast with was Maki. That's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count that as my first podcaster. Me and Maki remain friends, but my wife was always jealous of my relationship with Maki. Like I said, I told everybody that Maki was my goddess and my wife was very insecure about that and that caused issues. And there's periods of times where like I just wouldn't speak to Maki just to keep peace in my house. And it lasted a while. It lasted until 2016 when I was in Bahrain. And I don't know if I mentioned this in Behind the Mic 3 when I was telling the story about threat, but 2016 was a turning point in my life. My grandmother died in January from cancer. Threat told me that his pops had cancer. And then I get the call from Maki saying that she got cancer. And I, I fucking lost it. I remember telling my sister. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, cancer is killing all of our friends, our family. Everybody in my family has died from cancer. My grandmother, my grandfather, Bill's dad, Bill's mom, my Aunt Willie, which was my grandmother's sister. Bill's dad was my grandmother's brother, my Uncle David. Like I said, Threat's dad is, is still fighting to this day. God bless you, Mr. Arnold. Maki's fight ended February 24th, 2019. But when she told me that in 2016, I told my wife, me and my wife, we, was, we wasn't in a good spot. And I told her, I was like, yo, I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm going to talk to Maki when I fucking want to talk to. I'm not doing this bullshit no more. Like, she has cancer. We don't know how much longer she has. And that's it. I don't give a fuck. And, you know, we, we established talking more frequently. When I got home, where Maki asked for me to come out to California because it was her 50th birthday. And she didn't have any birthdays she had left. And I was, all right, yo, bet. Bill was doing a, the Shakespeare Festival in Oregon. So I was going to fly to Oregon, go see Bill, go down and see Maki for her birthday, fly home. And it was all good. And then my wife flipped out. She's jealous. You're going to go up there and sleep with her. Da, 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 da. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> she has cancer. Like, I'm just there to say, you know, a goodbye if whatever. And we got into this big ass argument and I ended up not going. I remember telling my wife, that was the last fucking time I will ever, ever, ever put my needs aside. Now, I never went out to California to see Maki. We talked. I separated from my wife in 2018 after my first suicide attempt. And you can listen to Behind the Mic Part 1 on that one. I remember telling Maki about that, and she was like, you can't do that. Like, you can't leave me. 2019, February, I woke up one morning, and I saw a post from a mutual friend of ours named Karen talking about Maki in hospice. And like, I just messaged her like, yo, what the fuck? She's like, yeah, she's in hospice. This is it. And within like a day or two, she was gone. Her boyfriend, Armando, got a hold of me, talked, let it out. He cried. I cried. I cried a lot. I cried a lot. And the one thing with my mental health is that you always think that it's your fault that you can fix shit. Now, I told you the story that 
when Maki broke up with Jeremy, I wanted to be with her. When I went up to visit her that first time and I told her that and I was like, you know, like I should have just been selfish. And she's like, yeah, you probably should have. Would we have worked out? I don't know. Maki in a relationship with someone like her and Jeremy, she said like they did everything together. They cleaned the cat litter together. They shopped together. They did everything together. But when she died, that's when like that shit hit me. Like I should have, I should have, I should have. And why I shouldn't have? Because I was going to the Navy. If she was with me, definitely would have got married. So now she's a Navy spouse. And one thing that she really didn't have was great health insurance. The Navy has immaculate health insurance. So now I'm in this thing like, man, if I just would have been with Maki, she would have been my wife. She would have had TRICARE. She could have got that cancer detected earlier. She could have got all the treatment she needed without worrying about financial responsibilities. I remember she was talking about the bills and stuff. And I was like, I could have saved her. That's what I thought. In reality, if I was with Maki, I would have one kid. I wouldn't have Zach and I wouldn't have Adriana because Maki couldn't have kids. So do I go back in time and sacrifice my two kids for Maki's life? I can't do that. My kids are the purest form of love I've ever experienced. But my love for Maki is was deep too so that shit always always ate at my soul after she died like i could have saved her could have i i don't know the universe puts people together at times for whatever reason how i met maki was fate i got into a fight with with threat ended up in ohio i forgot how she got up in ohio but like because i said how do you from come from la and find wayne county ohio but we were put there together to meet like i was one of the many people that was blessed to know her and anybody listens to this podcast that knows it knows that it was a blessing to be in her her presence. I said at the end of the Harry Potter episode that, you know, maybe she could have been here with me. She definitely would have been on the podcast with me. We definitely would have done the podcast a lot earlier. Just me and her just talking about Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, talk about movies, talk about whatever. But that's not how the story goes. Dealing with loss and grief and thinking that you can fix shit and be everybody's superhero. I don't know. Part of just... Mental health shit that I go through. But losing a friend like that, it leaves a void. And there's times where I'm down, I need just to say, what's up, Maki? Like I said, I don't know why she's been on my mind lately, but I think telling this story will help me get through that. Now, when I started this podcast, Maki had already passed. On My Box started in May of 2019. Maki died February 2019. So she never got the opportunity to get on the box. The fact that I never had the opportunity to put her on this podcast, it burns me, it hurts so I came up with a way to put her on the podcast. <laughs> when she died, like I said, that void was there. And I went through my phone and I found this. And this got me through a lot of days where I missed her. Just a voicemail, but listening to it, it reminded me that she's always there. So this is the voicemail that she left me. Hey, Jeremy, Maki. It's about almost 5 o'clock California time. Um, I'll try it. I'm feeling yucky. Not too bad, but I just found out that I have, the chemo's not working anymore, and so um, I'm going to have to switch to a new chemo, so hopefully that'll work, but that's not till the 27th, but I'm like kind of stressed about that. Um, I've kind of been sleeping all day in and out. Um, if you happen to call back, or you know, I'll call you, to, I'll try calling you again tomorrow, okay? And, um, hopefully when it's slower out here. Okay, we're redoing our house. Okay, bye-bye, I love you. Well, that's Maki. Now she's on the podcast. And this is going to get published, so her voice will be out there for everybody to hear. I'm releasing this on April 2nd on her birthday. So she, she was a goddess. I miss her to death. Love the shit out of her. I said, I know her. Talking about this, letting this out, honestly, right now, it feels good. It feels good to tell this story. And I know other people who were 
touched by Maki's beauty and joy and positivity. I know they all got their own stories, but this one is mine. <laughs> I can go on and on and on, but I think you got the gist of it. So when you hear me reference Maki in the podcast, that's who she was to me. She was great to many other people too, but that's my story. Thank you guys for listening to this. We all got friends and people we love, people we care about that leave us too soon. I can't give you the answers to life and death. I just know that the universe works in a way, puts people in places where they're supposed to be. I truly believe that. Maki wasn't my wife, wasn't my girlfriend, but I am thankful that our paths crossed. For the listeners out there, just appreciate the people in your life. Get rid of the negative ones, keep the positive ones, and, and just have faith that You'll get to your destination. You got to go through hell and beyond to get to to the promised land. Just keep on fighting. All right, man. That's my time. That's my story. This episode is obviously dedicated to Maki Cook. I miss you. See you on the other side, man. I'm out.